You're listening to the Slow Ride podcast. Likes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. The Slow Ride and on Twitter at the Slow Ride Pod. Enjoy the ride. Hello and welcome to the. Sl- <laughs> I forgot the name of the podcast. There yeah, you gotta, you gotta it's- remember the name of the podcast. Okay. Hello and welcome to the 88th episode of the Slow Ride Podcast from Asheville, North Carolina. I'm Thaddeus Bellwether. Hey, I'm uh, Matt in Minneapolis, and this is Spencer Howe in Boston, Massachusetts. Uh, Thaddeus, uh, long time no see, buddy. How you doing? What's going on over there in uh, Asheville? You know. What? Things are getting really excited here in Asheville. Um, I'm just excited to welcome the entire cyclocross um, nation to my backyard for the uh, race on the uh, Biltmore Estate. Yeah, literally um, your backyard, right? Literally. I own the Biltmore because I am a uh, very rich guy. Yeah. That, yeah. Um, yeah, we know that, yeah. Very excited for uh, what's going on. And again, you know, I listened to the uh, Derek Bouchard Hall uh, interview I saw that that did a lot for his credibility, and I am on here to uh, answer any of your questions or concerns you may have um, that have been risen so or raised I, I, I immediately, by some of the masters. I immediately have a question for you right off the bat. Go ahead. What is your parking situation? Well, my personal parking situation is, is nice. I have actually an entire lot um, that is covered. Uh, it's... Think of Jay Leno's garage, but times five. And then also I have a helicopter landing pad. So I'm actually taken care of. But there are issues for the rest of the racers, and that's what I'm here to address. Hmm. If you need to get to the course, just show up an hour early. Um, drop your stuff off with a friend. Go park your car and take the shuttle. It's actually pretty easy peasy. It doesn't mess with my topiaries, and everything looks great. So mm-hmm. <clears throat> say I'm a I'm a average masters racer who traveled down for the race and I've got uh I've got my bike, I've got my my pit bike. Bikes. Bikes. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've got my bike, okay. I've got my pit bike, I've got my uh extra wheels, I've got my extra pit wheels, I've got my rollers, I've got my extra rollers, I've got my pit rollers, I've got uh a trainer, I've got a bag with a skin suit and arm warmers and all that jazz, and I've got a backup pair of all the extra stuff just in case it was wet. This and is I've starting got... to sound like my own personal collection at the... Uh... Uh-huh. And I've got my single speed for the single speed race, and I've got my yep. fat bike for the fat bike race, and I've got my donut bike for the donut race. Um, mm-hmm. you know... <laughs> <laughs> Your donut bike? <laughs> I got have a donut bike. Anyway. Okay. You know a donut now, bike, Tim? Now I'm a, I'm a I'm a regular masters racer, so I I have all this stuff. I and you said I need to drop it off with a friend. As a regular masters racer, you should know I don't have any friends. Ouch! Ouch! I am here. I show up to a bike race. I do my thing, and I leave immediately after. Yeah, I don't have an answer to that. I have to leave. I'll talk to you. <laughs> what? All right. Well, Thaddeus, this? we've lost Thaddeus. He's gone. Yeah, he just cut I out of the s- Skype call. Hey guys, I don't sorry see I'm late. How this uh, is a problem for hey guys, anybody. It's Tim in Orlando. I'm here, guys. 
Um, oh, Tim just, Tim just joined the call. Hey, little guy, oh, Tim's man. on. Hey, Tim. Hey, how's it going? What did I miss? We're, we're talking about the parking situation. Oh, my God. Can we stop talking about the damn parking situation? You know who we need to... We need to first off blame the promoters of Austin, Texas Cyclocross Nationals for now causing all cyclocross masters to they, freak out about their race. Did they start This race the, is going to uh, be just fine. Did they start the trend of like having a, a epic nationwide level freak out before nationals? Oh, I mean, was that it, was some or, high quality Twitter drama that was going on the other day. But is it appropriate to give the credit to Austin or should really Louisville Worlds get that credit? Ah, oh, but Louisville Worlds brought worlds, you know, like I mean, they is couldn't there, help the river. Wait, was there a was there a parking Couldn't problem they? in Louisville Worlds? No, no, they, no, they had a river they problem. The, they're river still problem. probably paying well, the uh, Army the Corps thing, of Engineers for that extra <laughs> overtime work to keep the, the river. The thing I was thinking though is like, you guys remember how hard like to get our bikes and all our stuff to the Louisville race when we went there to race was like. Oh. Nobody seemed to think that was a big problem. It's not like you could park well, right there. Like we, Spencer, you and me, like. We're racing in like the UCI race. We had to like bike from our hotel with our wheels and our bags on our back, and then just like steal a spot next to Meyerson. <laughs> yeah, because we didn't have. It's not like the race like offered us anything. Yeah, you know. Well, I think most people aren't as resourceful as us, little guy. What most really grinds are a bunch of my gears? Yeah. What, what grinds my gear? And I have a lot of gear grinding to do today. Yeah. Well, what you got what really grinds my gears yeah. on this one is that. Cyclocross Nationals is happening on probably the most epic and prestigious venue it has ever happened before. I mean, this is the Biltmore. This is very impressive. And the complaints are twofold. The first is that you have to pay to get onto the property. Well, guess what? You had to pay to get on the property of Louisville World Championships. Sure, you're a racer and maybe you want a discounted rate. I don't know how the finances work, but you're on the Biltmore, which is pretty amazing. So you should say thank you. Secondly, okay. secondly, what's it cost? What's it cost? Like a hundred bucks. No, no I, the race costs a hundred bucks. The parking costs fifteen. Yeah, it's like fifteen to get. That's like your That's your wristband that you can use all week to get onto the property. Yeah. Now that yeah. doesn't include a tour, which you should definitely take. The second thing <laughs> is the parking. So people are complaining that they have to drop off their parts if they don't get there early, and then take a shuttle over. Mm-hmm. Now there has been opportunity to buy. Uh, ho- some of the hotel rooms that are on property right next to the venue. Yep. Like the, that's the shortcut. That's the secret like, shortcut everybody this is should not, have took. You know, there was test events. You could have went there to try it and see what things were going on. I I think that this whole complain, complaining is uh, just the new, uh, well, you know, it's the new Monday. The new golf. I, I think, uh, <laughs> I, don't, I don't think these people are without merit. Like, uh, it should be a little more uh, kind of the regular norm of a cross race. You know, the parking is across the street or something, you know what I mean? But uh, the venue is its own thing, I understand. But it's also indicative of a problem of cross that I was uh, getting at earlier a little bit, that everybody brings so much crap to races these days. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Hey, dude, you need that stuff, let me tell you. Well, No, I'm with you, Spencer. I think they should ban uh, pit bikes outside. Of, <laughs> obviously, they can't ban them outside of... The UCI races, because that's the way it rolls in Europe and the rest of the world, and we can't influence that. But I really think, and I'm being 100% serious, USA Cycling should ban pit bikes at every level below the UCI races. Even nationals? And I say this, even nationals. No, I I don't know. I don't know. 
Anyway, I say this because, like, last time I did a UCI race, it was super muddy. It's the only super muddy race I did all year <laughs> that I needed a pit bike. And it, I was at such an unbelievable disadvantage. And I, and I know they can't ban it there. Just so work just harder, think, little guy. I just think locally <laughs> they should ban them. No, it was, put, it's put, ridiculous. It, there's no reason you need it, two bikes make it. to race any race. It's just stupid. So <laughs> that's... So what do you think about that, Jim? Anything? I just said something. Think anything about that? <laughs> that to banning pit bikes? I think it sounds great. I don't really care about that. <laughs> this is why people tune in. <laughs> I, 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 uh, I see where you're coming from, little guy, and I, I think you might be onto something, but I think you're going to be hard-pressed to get anybody to listen to you. <laughs> They're going to make so all these people that have another bike, they'll be mad for a couple minutes. Why didn't you ask the president of the US? Well, once they realize. They sell the bike and they make back a bunch of money, and then they're, they're about to go to the races. Uh-huh. And their wife's like, You're going to another one of these stupid races. And they're uh-huh. like, Hey, I just sold my pit bike and I, uh, I made $4,700 off selling my B bike. They'll be like, Oh, cool. Yep. Hey, I'll um, get some pounds. Oh, I'm thinking they'll all uh, realize they can trade in that that backup cross bike for a fat bike, and they're going to be really happy. Oh, they're not going to be happy because they're going to get food poisoning and be <laughs> sick the next two fucking days. Hey, fat so bikes will give you food poisoning. It's tough. Let's a uh, known fact. let's actually uh-huh. talk about the bike racing. I brought it up, little guy. Where you were talking, and I wasn't listening. I was bringing up the USA Cycling uh, race predictor <laughs> Wait, and well, the CrossResults.com predictor. You were... Wait, there's two predictors. <laughs> There's two predictors with two completely different results. Mm-hmm. Um, CrossResults.com, of course, our friend uh, Colin Reuter has been the proprietor of that for at least, uh, I don't know, 10 years. And there's two different race predictors, and we discussed this at length last night, but since the podcast Krampus come out, we decided to do it all over again. And since then, there's been some great news that we must discuss. And we're super excited about doing this again, you can tell. Little guy is eating some awesome pizza. Little guy, what's on that pizza? A little kale? Wait, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. There's no kale on the pizza. We got olives, we got a little tomato sauce, a little tofu, a little Little mushrooms, a little sweet potato. Little guy. Uh, I don't remember what else. What? Why do you have a fork? Because the pizza was too big and I forgot to slice it because I was hurrying up here so I could be... So, hey, you guys have actually left for the day. I've been sitting here this entire time for the last 24 hours waiting to record in my home office here. Uh Um, I've got the beer stein. I've got the Uh beer. So I'm here with the race predictions and all of the important internet news about cyclocross and the future of cycling in 2016. So I am ready to rumble. Let's do it. Well, Tim, do you have any ideas for the future? Anything that grinds your gears? I have a lot that grinds my gears. Let's talk first about the Cyclocross National Championship schedule. Mm. We talked about it last night, but we didn't have the data in front of us. But I have the data in front of us right now. And there's a couple things I want to point out. Did you know that there is an entire day dedicated to men's masters racing? No, but that sounds like the sexiest day of the year. I know. On (laughs) Wednesday, it's nothing but men's masters racing. And then Thursday is so good. Then on Thursday, nothing but female masters racing. And I think that that is dumb. I think that they need to go back to like the combined masters day because we live in such a sexist society that there's going to be a lot of people that don't go watch the female masters racers or because their numbers 
tend to be less, that they're not mm-hmm. going to get the crowd that they rightfully deserve. So let's go back and put all the female masters thirty and thirty four with the men's thirty yeah. and thirty four. We'll put, we'll Hell, put all the sixty five have... plus, the fifty five plus. Put all them early in the week when no one's there, and put the exciting races, the yeah, forty, a, the thirty five, the thirty. Wait, I have a guess. I have a guess of later. why they did that. Why? Oh, why? I, I bet USA Cycling thought, hey, there's a lot of uh, hetero cyclocross couples out there. They're probably racing in the same age bracket, and if they did the women's race. The guy would be like, I got to warm up, girl. But on the same day, but then the the wife would end up being like, oh, I guess I'll pit for you because she's probably nicer than her husband. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, I. And so he would warm up and not pit for her, and then she would pit for him, and it wouldn't be fair because then, like, half the women's field wouldn't get a proper warm up. So you think think they changed the schedule for fairness? Well, for, for fairness. They, okay. they, no, they cleared the schedule, guys, because they foresaw this perceived parking problem, which we have since learned is really not an issue, according to Twitter. Well, why Multiple would that people be saying get there early gender... because you need someone but to get wait. out of the car. You know, now, if you're I the... read, I read oh. a long blog post from Steve Tilford about how bad this was going to be. Are you telling me that this is not true, that something on Steve Tilford's blog turned out to be not true? I have been here for 24 hours sitting on this couch. Getting ridiculously <laughs> angry thinking about the over exaggeration. In fact, immediate, immediately <laughs> after recording last night, Adam Meyerson uh-huh. puts out probably his most popular tweet of all time. More than when he announced that he just gave that his wife just gave birth to the baby. Uh-huh. Said Flynn. This is if the Adam, greatest Adam gives birth to a baby. That himself, this is the greatest course he has fun. ever ridden on. That this is the huh. best national championship course of all time. And this guy has raced them all. So, you know what? All the haters, I hate you. Secondly, <laughs> I want to talk about. Here's okay. Hate, man. You know, they, too many people get to race in cyclocross nationals. I don't mind the non-championship day, which was today, which obviously is yeah. a fundraiser for the organization. I thought we'd agree we hated that. More power to you for making money. But there are several, mainly college kids, that t- get to go race and get a prime racing time mm-hmm. that haven't even done cyclocross racing this entire year. For example, maybe they do one or two races, but there are several people on the start list that have not raced that much that I don't feel are national championship caliber. But they're they're, they're cherry-picking some national championship jerseys. You know, if they're there, uh, I mean... What are you going to do? If there's a fat bike 70-plus national championship and only two people enter and you're the USA Cycling president, it would behoove you to you know, enter that race and win it. So you got to show up to win. Did you yeah. guys know that today in the Masters non-championship 40- to 49-year-old race, there was 134 mm-hmm. people registered? More, <laughs> that is crazy. Like, more power to you. Like, but here's oh, the thing. God. Why... This is a disservice, and this is when the tree people of Austin were actually correct. It's too many people on the damn course because now we've seen video of how awesome the course looks. Little guy, you haven't seen it, but I've been watching it nonstop. I'll explain it to you. Holy crap, there's a lot of uphill and a ton of off-camber and then barriers very close to the finish that could determine who wins. A bunny hop could determine who wins the national championship. Okay, so... Now that I, I, now hearing that, I hope so much that whoever wins 
runs it and the other person bunny hops, bobbles the bunny hop. So let me continue my rant, guys. Here's the issue that's really grinding my gears. There are too many racers and races on the course that come Sunday. The course is going to be completely destroyed for the elite national championships. There is a finding, there is like a grace in the way that the World Cup only allows a maximum of what, five races on a course? I think it's just too many racers on this course. Um, you know, looking at today's non championship race, eventually, if any rain comes in, all of that off camber stuff, the line is going to be either dictated or it's going to be complete mud. And you're not going to see like natural racing conditions for the yeah, elites. But and the line well, dictated will be a cat let four line. Let me finish. Absolutely not. That's not what we do on this show. I would say that those those elite national championships, they need to have champion racers. They need to have a course that is fairly decent, not destroyed. I agree. Now you may if continue only, in our civilized debate. No, I, I agree, if only for the fact that th- there'll be a line, but it will be so messy and muddy that you have to pit five times. And then you have to pit, and you know how I feel about pitting. Well, nobody knows how I feel about pitting because I said it last night. Pit bugs should be outlawed. But <laughs> um, so it's just gone. In I the- like these subtle digs on you know the fact that the podcast Krampus took away the, uh, the recording. Um, no, but seriously, like it, I think I agree with Tim Spencer that it when the course is that messed up, like it's one thing at a local race. You know how much it changes right. at a, like a small local race, but after like six days of racing on a course. It ends up being that, like, the, the final like, two elite races, the men's and the women's, like, have to take weird lines, basically. Right. Like, it's completely different than any other race. Well, I'm not, it, I'm not saying I disagree with him. Like, right. I, you know. I just think it's too much. I think it also means that, like, unfortunately, it's either you have two kinds of national championships in the U.S. You have muddy and you have frozen. But there's never <laughs> any of the other racing conditions can ever be present because... You can get frozen well, this late in the year, and then you can get super mud, but you can't get like you couldn't design like a like a like a fast uh, grassy course. You know where you it could would design be pure that? mud by the last. But Florida. that's a part of racing, you know, and that's a different skill set for cross. No, you know than other kinds. What do you think, Spencer? Before I interrupt, well, I think we race in dry, dusty conditions <laughs> for uh, the first six months of cross season, and then we get our muddy race at the end, and that's. Uh, you know, whatever. It keeps everybody you think, in their toes. I don't care about that. You think that's okay? I, like, I don't care. Like, don't you, you want can't... a national champion of dry, dusty cross races? I kind of do. Like, for once, like... It would be Ryan just... Trayvon. I know. Movie. Yeah. That would be the greatest thing ever. The tweets would be amazing. <laughs> and if it was a grass crit, I wouldn't be the worst. I wouldn't be the best, but I'd be way better than if it was muddy. Okay. Well, so, fair enough. You can, you can line up with the other 150 schmoes that aren't going to wear a Stars and Stripes jersey that are, for some reason, there. <laughs> I mean, what? But wait, no, this guy, we've had this argument before. Like, you think, like, only the people that can win the jersey should show up. So, like, no. if so, like, like Powers, so Powers in an interview kind of listed, like, eight guys or something that he thought had a pretty legit chance. And he's like, outside of that, I'd be pretty surprised. So you think maybe just those eight guys? But then... Why doesn't I mean, a guy like me be like, well, I'm going to go as the ninth dude really rolling the <laughs> dice. My odds are pretty right. good. Top 10. It'd be, yeah. like a, it'd be like a short track speed skating race at the Olympics where you make right. the final somehow and everyone crashes out, but you're the only mm-hmm. one that's still Yeah, you're like off the oh. back and everybody just falls down and you just will go around five times. Yeah, it'd be perfect. You never know. It could be a classic 
uh, sort of race, like when uh, Phil no, took well, out the whole field for so, me at Jingle Cross that one year, and I just rode around to my top five placing yeah. um, without really having to ever make the selection. That could happen. Well, so if we're I'm in Belgium, back, the, the, the Belgian national championships, do you run like very small field like that? Because it's the most elite guys. We can't do that here. It's not realistic. It would be stupid. I, I, You're taking it to the far extreme. I think, you know, 10 people or 8 people would be way too few. 150 is way too many. Can we settle in the middle at a reasonable number it, of like 50 It will be people? for the elites, though. What is it this year? The it's elites like only got like, what, there's, there's, right. um, there's 43 but, women and there's uh, 53 men. Right, that's, few, that's, that's a perfect and there should, and, no, I, I, Whoa. And there should also be 53 Masters 45 and 53 Masters 50. 50 plus or whatever so else. how do you how do you decide who gets in there spencer uh playoffs playoffs That's the american like way that. it's the american I think, way i think that uh it should be determined on uh the old world cup rules kind of like where you know the top five guys from each state get or five women get the chance to uh race mm. so yeah. then our because <laughs> obviously in any type of ranking system people from states like florida um anywhere in the southeast <laughs> where cyclocross is not big Get uh-huh. screwed, and you got a guy like Ryan Woodall, who's way down at the bottom, who's a national champion, and it's like, uh-huh. wow, well, you know. Fix as that the opposite so. end, Tim, if you if you did top five from every state, there'd be some 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 chumps coming from Florida and Alabama and yeah. Mississippi, and at the same time, there'd be some heavy hitters from the Northeast. But only five of go. them, so we control the the opportunity. No, but. But Little imagine guy, this is your opportunity no, to get into no, no, no. states. Like you no, can not. Get I'll get six. I'll get six in the state that year. You know I will. <laughs> I got six. I got six at the Minnesota State Championships this year. Yeah. Well, better luck next year in Hartford. <laughs> yeah. But then, I mean, then it's like then it, then then it would have been like at states here in Minnesota. If top five, I had to get top five or something, right? Then it would have been like I should have gone out, ridden a very conservative race rather than trying to go with the lead group and blowing myself up like I did. It was like go all in and race hard. For a win okay. and blow up, or race super conservative so that two months from that I can go spend twelve thousand dollars to get fifty fourth in the country if I'm lucky. So, at Jingle Cross in a few years, when it becomes a World Cup race, are they going to limit the amount of racing on just Sunday? Like, will they still have racing on Friday and Saturday? You think? No, I don't think they'll be able to. Yeah, they'll have to do. Uh, they won't. Yeah, have, they have they won't to have, have the course to. open for inspection and stuff. Do you they think that the, then they'll do a separate things. course? I mean, think about this for a second. Like, no. How do you do that kind of thing at national? So if, if I'm advocating for – there's too many racers on the course, but obviously you want the promoters to make money because they deserve to make money. Like I don't have any issue with that. Like do you have two courses like they had at Louisville for the um, Masters World Championships? Maybe. Yeah. I think, but, I think, uh, I think you do need to do that unfortunately because it – it does just eat up the course too much. I think you kind of have to have, maybe even you just have different sections I just think of the three course. Three days of racing or pro only lines, but yeah. like yeah. you know Saturday and Sunday, maybe that's one course, and then you have the other. I don't know. What do you, you guys? Well, if if that was I the mean, case, they, then like then the course could be open on Friday or something for the elite riders to pre ride it, and you could still be having races on a course that was next to it. Or something, but that that requires so much space. It's probably not. Yeah, yeah, that's not feasible at Jingle Cross. Unless you, unless all the land. but unless like at Nationals, you like did kind of the same course, but you changed like four or five things. So maybe you set up a pro course, 
and like Jingle Cross does where they have like three courses taped and they use some of the same segments, but maybe they mix it up so that the whole course isn't just like a completely eaten up mud pit by Sunday that you have some different terrain is, thrown. In. Is there yeah, a... That's never, never going to happen. But isn't... So is Cyclocross mature enough at this point to have a big enough crowd and promoters are able to make enough money without the amateur racing? Because that's really what right. we're getting at, right? Like, that's, that's they the do idea, need six you, days you of to, racing. Yeah, you have to <laughs> replace those amateur racers you're losing with amateur racers that are willing to pay the same amount of money to watch superstars race. You know what I mean? And how much like, did it cost for one of these masters men's 40 to 49 um, race? Oh, I, I got to look into this on how much they had to pay to, to actually race that race. 131 of them. Probably like 65 bucks just per. Yeah. Day. I mean, that's a lot of money you have to replace. So I don't think we're going to be uh, seeing anything different. Yeah. No, oh, we're not. But all right, so fuck it. I mean, <laughs> the big news, of course, guys, is that Cyclocross Nationals is coming along, and people come to us for our race predictions. Uh-huh. And there are two great. Well, there's one great leader in the field of race predictions, and there's one that clearly copied the leader in race predictions. Of course, we're talking about CrossResults.org. I mean, .com, and the great work of Colin Reuter and he has gone out and he's done a great blog post on his own blog called Un- until the snow melts or whatever. I mean, just Google it and the- go to crossresults.com. That's where the important stuff is. And let's uh-huh. go first to the women's race. He believes based off of his data that he's been compiling for years now that the women's race is going to be dominated by um, K- Katie Compton and then Katie Antino in second with Georgia Gould in third the, Isn't there a different Katie we could get in third so that my prediction of Katie, Katie, Katie could actually be true? <laughs> I don't, uh, I don't know. Katie racing? I, I don't believe so. And then in the, um, in the USA Cycling prediction, you have uh, Katie Compton with the win, Kate, Caitlin Antonio in uh, second, and Crystal Anthony in third. So the question is, hmm. guys, hmm. I am of the belief that Katie Compton will walk away once again with the title. Especially after looking at this course, seeing all the off-camber, very pro-like features throughout, and by pro I mean European racing, mm-hmm. um, the uh, her experience has come to the forefront. I do believe that this is probably the last year of his um, of her amazing title run. What? Um, but I think Katie Camp- Compton is going to take the title. Why do you think this year? I just think that you know she. She did a great job of kind of the slow build. Um, you know, she kind of called her shot, and she wasn't racing at top of her game at Cross Vegas and kind of build up slowly. Um, but I think that at some point, uh, everyone needs to ride off into the sunset, and Caitlin Antonio <laughs> is clearly the cream of the crop when it comes to the future, and we're starting to see great improvements from her right. that I think What's, that this uh, is less Compton victory. Uh, not to put less Tim on this show, but uh, little guy, what do you think? Well, like I said, I, I'm thinking Katie, 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 and that means I uh-huh. I got to pull up the start list. Actually, I don't know who my third Katie is. Okay, um, that's so pretty you good. guys, uh, I'll figure I, out my I, third Katie. I also think uh, Katie, Katie, but I'm gonna flip the script. I, you know, I don't necessarily believe this to be true, but I want it to be true. I, I don't know. I always root for the underdog, and I want to see the big dogs fall sometimes. So, I'm gonna I'm gonna pick uh, Katie Antonio. To pull it off over Katie Compton, I think with the climbing on this course, the little tiny Katie 
will have a better shot than she's ever had before. Um, yeah, the tiny Katie um, over the big Katie. And in third, man, it could My- really go a lot of different ways. I'm, I'm going with Meredith Miller for third. Really? Interesting. Yeah, just blast from the past. She's amazing. Okay. All right. I think she'll I, I don't think I don't think I don't think that's gonna happen. Um no. top five maybe. Yeah. Um I already know who you're gonna pick, Spencer, for the third place on the podium. Oh you do? Yeah. What if I changed my mind since last night? Ah, oh, damn it. Ah. <laughs> I, th- I think it's going to be Elle Anderson. <laughs> it's true. Um, she's been racing better and better every every outing in Europe there, and I think she's coming into form, and uh, this kind of course is going to suit her. Um, so, Little guy, there's a, I, count two, I count three different Katies that can fill out the podium for you. Um, first off, we have... Uh, um, Caitlin Vestal of uh, Golden, Colorado, who's predicted on USA Cycling to finish in 15th place. Okay. We, have like Catherine, like okay. we have Catherine Cumming of seven, uh, predicted to finish in 17th place. She's from uh, Bloomfield, New Jersey. Mm-hmm. And then we also have Catherine Northcott, who's, finished, uh, who's expected to finish 22nd of Walpole, New Hampshire. So You know, uh, she, uh, she raced today and, uh, in a master's field and won by over a minute and a half. So she might not be a bad pick, little guy. Ooh, okay. I'll go with her. That's my pick. All right. And who was that little guy? Don't remember. It's <laughs> something. Catherine Norcott. Uh, Catherine Norcott. That's almost. It's, and, it's a Katie, but it's not a Katie. You know what I'm saying? So let's uh, talk. Touch briefly, Spencer. Um, yesterday we talked about it. Uh, the women's U23 race. Um, mm-hmm. Very important, of course, for uh, you know the development of cyclocross across the board. But really, on who's in that field. And mm-hmm. th- there is a star in the making in that field that many believe could actually win the women's elite race. Um, true. Now, they are not at the same time. The U23 race takes off at 11.30 a.m. on Sunday, about two hour- three hours before the women's race, which is on 2.30. So the question I have to you is uh, um, who is that racer that we're all expecting to do very well? And do you feel that she should even be in the uh, – the 23 plus race and could actually uh, have a chance of winning. Yeah. Well, of course we're talking about Ellen Noble. Uh, she has been pretty dominant in the, <clears throat> in the East coast UCI races anyway, this year. And uh, yeah, she definitely could be a threat for a podium and potentially win in the elite race. So, so Spencer, you're um, you live in quote unquote, the hotbed of cyclocross in new England. Let's call mm-hmm. it Boston. And, the question I have is Emma White, who is very close in all of the rankings to Ellen Noble, does she have a fair shot of beating uh, Ellen in the uh, U23 title? Because if you look at the rankings alone, um, mm-hmm. very close to each other in points. So, th- Yeah. Um, I, think, I think she does have a legit shot. She's beaten Ellen a few times at uh, um, local races here, most recently at NBX. Um, and I think also at Cycle Smart, she won one of the days. They've gone back and forth a few times. Um, I think it's usually when Ellen loses a little bit of focus and, uh, you know, makes a mistake, uh, Emma is good enough to capitalize on it and take advantage and walk away with a win. Um, you know, so, I mean, anything's possible, but hopefully Ellen's, uh, got her focus on and it shouldn't be a huge problem, but Emma is not to be dismissed for sure. Hey, um, 
As a side note, guys, I just want to point out that there are um, – in the women's U23 race, there are 37 registered. And there are 43 women registered for the elite race. Um, just from numbers perspective and as a promoter, all three of us really – and we hear so often about uh, promoters complaining about prize lists and everything. It is really great to see um, large fields that also can help contribute to the growth of the sport, but then also the importance of having you know even mm-hmm. prize money at the local level. So that's just Absolutely. another editorial that we have. But the racers are there, so let's put on better events for them. Um, let's slide into the uh, men's U23 race before we get to the um, the men's elite race. Uh, the U23 race, as discussed, Logan Owen is racing in the um, the senior division. So, therefore, it's kind of open. Uh, USA Cycling predicts a uh, Curtis White um, victory by quite a bit looking at the points over Tobin Ortenbald and Scott Smith. Juniors that I'm not very familiar with. Sp- uh, Spencer, you can obviously speak on uh, Scott mm-hmm. Smith, who's from uh, the Jam Fund. Yeah. Yeah, Scott's uh, been getting better lately as well, so um, he's another one to watch out for. Definitely a podium threat. Don't know that he can take down Curtis White. <laughs> Curtis, I don't know. People in New England know this, but uh, outside of the area, um, we had a local race here, like a you know a local one two three race. He started two minutes behind the field, like just left himself a handicap, and then caught the field, <laughs> went through the field, Did and he then do won it on the purpose? race. Yeah, this, did he did it on purpose, or was he, he did like, it on purpose? He did it on purpose, and this is kind of this is a legit cat one kind field of a, all right. with uh, with Adam Meyerson racing with a lot of guys you know of that caliber uh, that he caught with a two minute gap, passed through, and then won. So, court is in session, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Slow Ride Podcast. Court, we have a verdict that must be read and decided. The question in front of us today is, is it okay or is it a dick move to start two <laughs> minutes behind your competition and to, then proceed to completely destroy them and win the race? Can I, can I argue in, in, in for the dick move? <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, your Honor, why don't you just show up and tell everybody that they suck, flick them off, and just leave? It's, it's way more effective. And you don't run the risk of uh, fucking it up. <laughs> Interesting. It just seems point. like doesn't it seem like a kind of like 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 everyone's like, hey, we're we're about to start, dude. Get your spot. And he's like, no, it's cool. I don't give a shit. I'm back here. I'm gonna talk to my girlfriend for a couple minutes and send a couple texts, and then I'll catch you and drop you because I'm like so much better than you. I don't even need to pay attention. Do you care to respond in favor of it yeah. being an okay move? The defense Spencer. does does have some statements they'd like to make. Um, we we think this is appropriate in several ways. Uh, you know, he, he was not a surprise. Uh, he let everybody know that was the plan, and everybody's on board. Uh, the field. Wait, wait, the you're field. on. I object. So it's no, okay no. if you announce beforehand that you're going to be a dick. The, the field. Oh, I don't know what to say there. The field in New England is supportive of their young racers and wants them to get uh, proper workouts that they need. Uh, to progress as far as possible on the world level. He was going over to Europe shortly thereafter. And also, there's a precedent for that here in New England. Uh, the McCormick brothers apparently used to do it back in the day, and uh, one of which is Curtis's coach. So, I have heard both the um, in defense of this move, and I have heard the uh, the opponent of this move. And That's I must like say... McCormick defense. I must say that the use of the McCormick defense... 
um, is is it's not new to this podcast. But I, w- I am in I am in agreement completely with a uh, little guy here that this no this is not okay. This is. <laughs> Doesn't matter no. what you think. Let's Wait, get back to race prediction. Is this in a U23 race that he's doing this? No, this is in a uh, Cat 1 2 race. Oh my god, even worse. Like the. <laughs> oh. I, I guess I do understand. You you could make the one argument that uh, you're trying to like get used to the lap traffic, get like, used to a yeah, lot of people that is. doing all the passes. Like, so you imagine like yeah. you go to Europe and you got to start back row. Um, so you start at the back of the race, so you got to make just like more passes, work harder to gain positions. Oh. Hey guys, yeah, I you, knew do, you don't learn. Uh, it's a it's a classic triathlete move. Uh, your failure is that you don't learn anything riding by yourself. Well, it's and a, it's true. I do understand that, like, if you're like, especially if you're a junior and you're coming up and you're the fastest guy in every category, that at a certain point when you get thrown, you get over to Europe and you get thrown in, you're like, well, why are all these people near me? Uh oh, oh no, he's really close to me, and you panic and you it, crash. This move that you're discussing reminds me when Jared Schumacher, two-time U.S. Olympian, would show up to Florida cyclocross races, and he's a triathlon uh, Olympic uh, participant, and he would uh, show up, but like the start would be the only time that we ever have a big field, so there'd be like 25 people at the start line. He would just stay at the start line for like 15 seconds, so everyone would get strung out, and then he would slowly just pick everybody off and get like a top well, that's, four. I understand his his idea because he was like, "I don't want to, yeah, I don't even want to deal with that crap. Like, just let so, him spread out." But no. I've 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 uh, like to rescind my original verdict and come to a new one. You're both wrong um, because who's Curtis White? <laughs> you know who he. Is. Yeah, you know he's VR national champion. Curtis, you do what you want. Let's get on to the men's elite race. And this is where the biggest controversy of all is. Crossresults.com claims that your 2016 Cyclocross National Champion is going to be Stephen Hyde with a victory, an oh-so-slim victory over Germany Powers with Logan Owen in third place. Whereas USA Cycling race predictor which you would think would be very similar to cross results since it's practically the same thing, um, uh-huh. states that Jeremy Powers will be taking the win over Stephen Hyde and Jamie Driscoll in third place with Logan Owen a distant fifth. Oh. Now, I will go first here, gentlemen. So wrong. Yesterday, I claimed that Jeremy Powers would take the win over Stephen Hyde. Um, but after looking at this course and really thinking and looking at the weather, and looking at how many racers are going to be on the course before, it is going to be a slop show. It is going to be a mess. It is going to be a Logan Owen National Championship. It is going to be, Whoa. what, his 14th year in a row or whatever years in a row he's won the National Championship. Logan Owen for the victory over Stephen Hyde and third place Jonathan Page. Jeremy Powers Whoa. for the first time in four years finishes off the podium because of the mud and the off-camber. Discuss. Finishes off the podium yet on the podium in America. Tim, good job. I think you're you're kind of onto something here. Whoa, I think whoa, it's gonna be whoa, Page, whoa. Jonathan Page, um, somebody else with the J name, and then Josh Bauer. We gotta go. We're going all J names here. <laughs> so it's gonna be Jonathan Page, Justin Lindine, maybe Justin Lindine, um, <laughs> not Jamie Driscoll. <laughs> no, not Jamie Driscoll. Jamie Driscoll <laughs> no. will be fifth. We all know he's gonna be fifth. It's the only place he finishes. Uh, so yeah, J Page, J Page, J Jalen Dean, okay, 
Jay Bauer. Lindine's not a bad pick, honestly, but I don't Lindine, think it's going to happen. I think Lindine's truthfully seventh. Uh, <laughs> Bauer's, Bauer's going to get top ten, though. I'm, I'm pulling for him. I'm sending him all my power. I'm sending him my five watts. Okay. All right. And uh, who do you got, Spencer? <clears throat> uh, I'm going to... Oh, man. After looking at the course like you, I kind of... I kind of uh, I'm questioning my, my judgment. I thought it would be a Stephen Hyde victory over Powers, uh, much like the predictor says. I still think those two will be in a dead heat. But with the muck and the rain and the See, barriers and the barriers Spencer, right at the end. Oh, the barrier placement. I mean, Spencer, let's talk about this real quick. Like, the barrier we finished placement. the podcast yesterday. Yeah. And then right away, crosshairs.com, friend of the podcast, um, posts a ride-along video of the course. And we all watched it. It was like a 10-minute lap, mm-hmm. uh, you know, just kind of tooling around. Holy crap. This is a, this is a serious, challenging yeah. course with the off-camber. Yeah. And it looks great. It really does then, look great. And I was watching, and I was nine and a half minutes through, and I'm like, where are the barriers? Like, we have yeah. not even seen barriers yet. I, and then I the thought we were going come, full Euro. I thought yeah, we were I going so. commando with no barriers. And I'm sitting here, I'm like, I, I got my tweet already. I was like, hey, did anybody else notice there's no barriers? And then they show up, and then you go over the barriers, you take a left-hand turn, you're on the road for the sprint victory win. Now, Meyerson mm-hmm. has since told us on Twitter that it is an uphill sprint on the road that you couldn't really tell in the the, ra- mm-hmm. the ride video. But those barriers are awfully close. I mean... Mm-hmm. That could be. I mean, a bunny hop could win nationals if a they're a clean together. bunny hop could could be the difference or could set up a good position. It's, it's gonna uh, be running. Someone's gonna run it, and they're so gonna put the their bike in front of the bunny hopper, and the bunny hopper will mess up. And that's pull the it thing. Back, and then they'll get on the bike. Here's here's my prediction. I'm thinking a group of three goes to the finish, and it's J Pow, and it's the protege Hyde, and it's the old man John Page, and they're racing to that last corner before the barriers. They're not racing to the the finishing straight. And John Page pulls out a crazy move on the inside, takes that corner first, gets to the barriers, and blocks the bunny hoppers. We know Jay Powell can hop, but he hops slow. Hyde hops fast, so he's a little more in the way uh, of Hyde than he is Powers. And then jumps back on Mm -hmm. and can rip the sprint up the hill for a Jay Page victory with a Hyde in second and Powers pulling off the podium spot in third. Guys, Spencer, I, for once, Spencer. I agree with you a hundred percent. Spencer, that is Spencer. That's a well done. Um, that was a beautiful picture you painted. It is, and thanks, guys. Let's think about this for a second. So it has been Jeremy Powers' dominance for the last few years, but really, Johnny Page is the grandfather. You know, the the, the patriarch of U.S. cyclocross, right? Mm-hmm. Now, I mean, guys, they, like. How awesome would it be that Jonathan Page's first year racing domestically only takes the title again, like a final farewell? Fairy this could be story. the end of the train. Like the fairy tale ends for the women this year and the men. Johnny Page and Katie Compton taking the title, riding off into the sunset, and then <laughs> all new next year. I mean, this you, is. You do know that Page will never retire. Like if he wins it, it's not like he's going to ride off into the it's, sunset. It'll he's, be like, well, he's. he's five dare more years, I say. Baby. Dare I say, America's most popular cyclocross racer? Oh, shit. You know, oh, no. You think he's on the same, the same level as Horner in that department? So this is a uh, – it's going to be an interesting national championship. Uh, I'm very excited for it. So 
Guys, I think that we uh, can move on from the Cyclocross National Championships. The world is not ending. The uh, the world continues to spin. There will be success in Asheville. It is setting the stage for better Cyclocross National Championships in Hartford and uh, Reno every year Reno, we continue to Reno. grow. Uh, and so I am excited for that. But let's mm-hmm. get into the next thing that we must discuss, and that is the future of cycling in the year of 2016. So with that, we just have a couple of quick things that we want to go through. Um, and we discussed them last night, but let's, uh, let's, let's get right into it. So Spencer, in the year uh-huh. 2016, is there a race that you are most excited for? Uh, sure. I'm sure there is. I'm sure there is. I and bet, you know what it's not? You no, know, I bet last night you were even more excited. I probably was. Um, I had my notes in front of me, too. Um, <laughs> I'm not excited, I can tell you, about the Tour de France or Tim's dog in the background. But what I, <laughs> what I am excited about is the new Grand Tour of the Future, which is the Giro d'Italia. I think that race is going to be a star-studded event, like it always is, but it's going to notch it up a level because it's looking to take the crown. It's looking to move to July. It sees the cracks in the armor. <laughs> And this, this race wants to be the top dog. And I think the UCI is going to use it, move it to July, and move up the Tour of California. Just Thanks. as leverage. And the crazy yeah. thing is is Ugh. that of Terrible. all the races that would be willing to do it, it would be the Italians at the Giro. They're yeah. like, screw it. We already have yeah. our own tour. We don't need France. Yeah. It's going to be awesome. So I'm looking for some fireworks there. Okay. I'm looking for some ridiculous... Uh, shenanigans from the course organizers, the everything, everything about it's going to be awesome. And uh, little guy, what race are you most excited for for 2016? Well, last time I told you I wasn't excited about anything. I think I might stay at that. I'm not. I'm not really that excited <laughs> about the road season. Well, I, all, okay. the, all the things Spencer just mentioned, why he's excited, that makes me very unhappy. So, little guy. <laughs> You are not excited for anything. Spencer, you're mm. excited for the Giro. Gentlemen, yep. you're both wrong. The correct answer this evening is the Cyclocross World Championships 2016. Will Voot <laughs> van Art once again lose to Matthew Vanderpool? Discuss. Yes. So, again, so we did this last night, and then I thought we were talking about just road as sort of a vision for 2016. And again, you did the exact same bit, and I just completely <laughs> fell for it again. I was like, I'm thinking about the road. And then again, you brought up <laughs> and stuff. So yes, that is going to be a good race. I am excited for that. You won McLaughlin Group. <laughs> Victory <laughs> shall be mine. I think that uh, that race is going to be fantastic from the gun. There are yeah. so many underlying stories. Um, I'm hoping that maybe we will get to see a U.S. Um, you know return to the top ten at least in the World Championships. Mm-hmm. Uh, my second most important race that I'm Compton. that second. I well uh, okay apologies I was talking about the men's only I would like to see Katie Compton finally taking her crown it does look like Sané Kant is actually beatable this year um, in the uh, uh, women's field and I think Katie's going to be able to take that away now as far as other races I'm most excited for is actually the Qatari World Championships. Oh. The Ugh. sand raced of all sand races. It is going to be amazing. Um, are you guys as excited as me? Uh, clearly not. No. I, you I'm know, dreading I... that because I'm going to watch it. 
and it's gonna piss me <laughs> off for what how long is the world championship like nine hours i feel oh. bad for a couple reasons for that race a because it's gonna be terrible no matter what but b it has to it has to follow up uh richmond which was maybe the best race i've i've seen in a very long time like that was a very well done and a very well raced world championship and i don't yeah. i don't see qatar coming anywhere close to that yeah i don't either it, it's true spencer you're right it's a hard act to follow. Is that DeLuca? Um, that is not DeLuca behind me. That is Roscoe the cat. DeLuca is hiding once again. The knocks came on the door, so you know, DeLuca it, is hiding as far away as possible from the um Three strikes knocks. and you're out, right? Did, uh, oh. did DeLuca think it was the, the UCI at the door or what? Uh, I thought it yeah. was WADA, but uh, yeah. you know, I, the point the is testing, yeah. now, so, do, you think, do you think DeLuca's doping even now that he's just – uh, retired guy. He's probably got some vines he's looking after. I I don't know. I mean, maybe he's hanging out with Ricardo Rico. You know, they're just like kind of like, hey, what'd you do this week? Oh, him man, and I put uh, in some serious bet, intervals. Yeah, I bet him. I bet all three of uh, him and uh, Rico and Luca Paulini are all uh, just clubbing. Uh, you know the Paulini story. Like I yeah. like the way he admitted to the cocaine use, and then he also talked about his sleeping pill addiction. I felt that that was fairly heartfelt. You know what I mean? You like know what, it, though? In, in, it I'm like going to interrupt you and I, because I don't care. Um, but in more, more important uh, Italian cycling news. What's more important than you guys, Luca Polini? Did you guys see the new kit that people Pizzato's wearing? Because oh, holy shit, I, it's amazing. It is pretty amazing. Like, they, it's so good. Well, I mean, let's, let's mention that he supposedly so, designed it. Oh, Do you think he I designed hope it? Because so, it's beautiful. that's what that's the line that the team is giving. Do you think they did that just for the extra press? Because it's a good looking kit. And it's so good. It's obviously got the so, extra press. Because if if they had just announced new kit on the team that Pipo's on, people would be like, oh, "God, is it 2008? He's got his Do own logo on it. That's what's the best part. Yeah. God, I hope he's so, good this year. Because if not, that's embarrassing. So so yeah. So yesterday before the podcast disappeared. Um, you had asked us which team we're most excited for in 2016. Um, and I, I, I really want to say that I'm excited for Southeast with people and their amazing kits, but I still can't, I still can't do the kits are great and they're amazing, but I, I can't go that far. And I still like dimension data with the underdog Mark Cavendish on their team now. Oh, still God, it's hard to do these the second time because all the stupid things both of you say, are more painful the second day. <laughs> the, 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 the fact that who do you, who do you guys like for 2016 then? I so yesterday I told you I didn't. I think I told you I didn't like anything. So I forgot about yesterday of, of being grumpy, but I remembered one thing this morning, which is one I saw. I saw that Peepo thing, and then with that I saw a picture of uh, Iran putting on his new Garmin kit, and I was like, oh. I forgot that Iran is on Garmin. But I also I forgot, forgot that, that Iran and Pierre Roland, which is they really you can say their names together and it just flies off the tongue. They're mm-hmm. on the same team, and that I'm excited for. That's weird. That's either going to work or be just a disaster. Um, either way, so I'm excited. It's be good watching. I'm actually yeah. excited about them uh, because of those two guys. I'm surprised that you like a team that has Ryder Heshtal on it. He does. Ryder Heshtal is he's, on track. I'm oh, just track. seeing if you were paying attention um, last night when we well, talked about Ryder Heshtal. The, the, the other thing I like, though, I don't know, Spencer, if you noticed this, there's a picture. Maybe you can find it. It's like on Cycling News this morning. Uh, Iran putting on his Garmin kit for the first time, and he's in his like gigantic 
walk-in closet. He's got all his kit behind him. He's got his row of like 25 white sneaks on the mm-hmm. wall. He's sitting on this little like changing table and it's got this grayish like leather on it. And if you look closely, it's got little skulls all over it. I did cool. not notice that. He's so, a funny guy. So, he's, got, so guys, he's got quite the closet. Well, guys, thanks for asking on what team I really want to follow. As you know, I was a huge fan of AG2R, but then they decided to put high viz on their jerseys, and it totally ruined <laughs> the brown and the blue that were not my wedding colors, according to Spencer and uh, Sarah after she listened to the last <laughs> podcast. Um, so that was fantastic. Thanks for that, Spencer. Absolutely. Um, but you know, most importantly, the team I'm most excited for is going to be the greatest team of the year. Of course, that is Movistar. Not only do they have Carlos Betancourt, they have Alejandro Valverde to clean up in three of the classics. And then you have Nairo Quintana, who will get the Giro and the Tour double, perhaps. No, what, uh, you know, you got JJ Rojas, you got Jim. Ventoso. I am very excited. What's that, little guy? What are those three classics? Japan uh, Cup, no, uh, uh, Dubai Tour, and... Those are... Those are those are monuments, little guy. I'm talking about classics. The classics I'm talking about are uh, the Ardennes classics of Flesh uh, Wallone, uh-huh. uh, Liège Bastogne, Liège. Good, good. And Amstel Gold. Oh, good work. Wow. Did I get? Did I pass the test? You did. You somebody's, passed the test. Somebody's been, you know, doing the. I've homework. been sitting here for 24 hours looking at the internet. <laughs> All my notes are amazing. Just on the Wikipedia page. And guys, with that. I'm pretty excited about this amazing episode of the Slow Ride Podcast. <laughs> I'd like to thank all of our listeners. Make sure you rate us on iTunes, Stitcher, wherever mm-hmm. you get your podcasts. That would be mm-hmm. fantastic. And also, I want to make sure that you wave to all of your fellow cyclists that you see out there on the road. They can be wearing mm-hmm. jeans or they can be wearing a tank top. Just give them the old wave. It's the nice thing that you do. We'd also like to thank BK1 of Rhyme Series Entertainment for his intro and outro music. And with that, we bid you adieu. Get a light. Get off the road. Passing on your left. The Slow Ride Podcast. Bikes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. TheSlowRidePodcast.com and on Twitter at TheSlowRidePod. I had a guy, I just me and this guy on the trail, he was on fat bike. I was on bike. And I waved, and he, he looked like he wanted to wave, but he had those barmit things on. <laughs> and I thought, for a second. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't want to take his hands out of the barmit. Yeah. So well, I was thinking about it. I was like, I was kind of like, oh, why didn't he wave? But then. I realized, you know, he might not have anything on under under there, and he didn't want to put his little naked hand out in the air. That's some sacrifice there, man. If you right? can get a bar mitt guy, a guy with bar mitts, to wave at you what it's called. You got to work extra hard. See, I would have had to, like, start waving from 10 feet back and really sell it where he felt like there was no way he couldn't wave at me. Like, possibly I was a crazy person that would, would attack him if he didn't wave back. But he, look, we, he looked at me like, 
I want to wave, but my hands are in these things that are built into my bars, and my hand will get cold if I take so. You know, you understand. 